Oh my sweet goodness, what is up Hard Rock Lunchbox? Welcome to another edition of the show and Top 20. The thing that people and critics are calling, is that show still on? Yeah, me too, man. Me too. Not to be confused with the other me too, which would involve me getting locked in an office, I think with Matt Lauer, which... I've only been in that kind of sexual situation one time. It's well documented by a dude much bigger than me. And uh, I learned a lot about the Me Too movement that day as I cowered in the bathroom just waiting for him to leave. So I am a friend and ally. But I'm also the host of the Hard Rock Lunchbox, which means it's time to get, get this show started. It is July 27th. My goodness, where has this year gone so far? I will tell you, I'm super out of sorts. I spent uh, the most of the day uh, yesterday working out of the office, which doesn't sound like that much of a big deal to most people because most people do that every day, but I don't. <laughs> and it really messes with like my circadian rhythms and stuff. Like I cannot, for the life of me, remember that today was Thursday most of the day today because my Wednesday typical routine did not get done. So my brain's like, cool, it's Wednesday. I don't really know what my brain thought yesterday was. <laughs> today is Wednesday, but who am I to say? It's only my brain, and it kind of does what it wants. Welcome to the Hard Rock Lunchbox. It is indeed Thursday, as I said, July 27, 2023, the year of our Lord. <laughs> if you've never seen that Louis C.K. bit, I advise you to do so almost immediately. It's probably worth stopping whatever you're doing right now, including watching this stupid show and looking it up. But if you want to look it up later, that's fine. Look up Louis C.K., uh, and it's probably like why Christians are winning. He talks about like how we calculate the dates. But that's neither here nor there. I don't do religion on this show if I can help it. I just I try and stick to like easy stuff like politics. <laughs> Which I will have some politics to discuss later. But not really like politics, politics, just some politics. Um, it's like social politics. The politics we all talk about here as we try and navigate our world. But uh, first, probably time for some housekeeping. There is a new top 20 out. I know. I couldn't believe it either. Uh, coffee time. Never a clock. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, the video where I learned about Indiana. And by the way, I owe Mike Wayman an apology. I do not offer apologies easily uh, or often because I'm usually not wrong. But I did actually uh, peruse the map. And from where we are here on Long Island, yes, there is some of Indiana that is actually north of here. Now, we can invite Mike Wayman on the show and see if that's exactly what he was talking about. Because I don't, you know, when you think of Indiana, I feel like definitely west of here. But, yeah, it's south of most of New York State, except for the little penis part that comes out and forms Long Island. Why a penis part? Because 80% of the people who live here are penises. Penis eye, peanut, peanut. I like that. Uh, so, yes, a... Uh, a a, what's it called? A retraction on my part. Indiana can be sometimes north of here, depending on what part of Indiana and what part of here you're here in. So, my humble apologies go out to Mike Wayman for not knowing that Indiana wasn't north of you. Because uh, he was correct. And uh, I don't see any reason to have the rest of the show. All right, goodbye, everybody. Oh, man. Just 
checking in on the chat. Yeah, is it hot out? Like, I was out all day yesterday. I have yet to be out today. I feel like I'm going to just stay in my, like, air-conditioned bubble until I go to rehearsal later, which I am not looking forward to because I don't know if you've been to Long Beach at low tide in the summer, but oofah. I do not recommend it as a travel destination, despite all the people that travel there. It'll be fun to deal with later. Oh, you know what else is going on later? We're releasing the video for Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap. The video was supposed to come out on Tuesday. Uh, it, did, uh, it didn't come out on Tuesday uh, for, for internal reasons. Uh, I wouldn't even put it out today for internal reasons, but it's just got to come out. So if you checked it out, go to YouTube.com slash Rebel9Band. Uh, you can just, I guess, sign up to be notified. It'll come out about like 8, 8.30 tonight. That way we can get practice started and we can check in. It's going to be one of those premieres. We're not going to sit around like in the COVID days and have like long discussions about it. But uh, I think what's important for main, mainly most of my listening audience is since we filmed it at a live show at Mulcahy's here at home, uh, most of the people in the video are people that you either know or people that you are. So there's a lot of people listening to the show uh, that are in the video, so feel free to check it out. Uh, personally, I wish I was 40 pounds thinner for the video, but it's been a couple years. I guess I'm just going to have to give up on just uh, those skinny pipe dreams. Uh, so, yeah, so that's coming out today. Uh, I think it's like at 8.30. Check it out. And, of course, brand new music from Rebel 9, Side Out, releases next Friday on August 4th. I do not expect there to be any sneak peeks. I was considering stopping by Bacon as my podcast uh, for discussions and drinks and releasing it, uh, just like sneaking it early. But like we've made a real effort to keep this one quiet. So I don't even think I'm going to be releasing it on this show next Thursday. So, but you know, I get a lot could happen in a week. But I fully expect everything to come out on Friday. It should be in your release radar. Uh, we'll have it up on YouTube. Uh, it'll be on, uh, like I said, Spotify. It'll be up on Apple. It'll be on everywhere you can get music. Uh, Amazon, if you're still doing that. Napster, if you're back in the 90s. You know, you'll be able to get it pretty much wherever you want to get it. That's good. So, But Side Out comes out next Friday. It is really, and I am not just saying this, it is absolutely fantastic. And I could not recommend it more. Possibly the best Rebel 9 song ever. Definitely the best one of the past three years. So check that out next Friday. Of course, I'll remind you next week. Um, discussions and drinks from uh, Strangerhood TV, Tales from Tabulate Fest. Uh, they've got that. Or may, that might be the Monday release. I'm not sure. What do I know? Uh, also, before I forget, don't forget, next Saturday night, uh, 8-5, August 5th, uh, Dino Skate Park, Pathmaker, Something Heavy, uh, Us, and Craving Strange will be at the warehouse. I'll have more information. I just saw the ticket link go up. Uh, you'll be able to get tickets at the door, and that's fine. But I did see the ticket link go up, and it did represent... It did, uh, it did refer to tables and VIP tables, and I don't know what those are, but I might want to get my hands on one of them, so I'll find out and let you know by uh, next week. Uh, but we'll check that out, and we'll be playing a bunch of music for everybody, including your mom, next week uh, on the show, and we'll just get everybody hyped for that. So I think that's it for this. I do want to talk about something um, kind of political, and... Uh, I'm I'm in the I'm in the I'm in that place where I'm sort of forming an opinion, right? So I don't have a hard and fast opinion. So basically, every everything I'm going to say for the next few minutes is going to be off the top of my head, and please do not confuse it with anything that I have thought out well or at all, because it's not going to be that probably at all. Uh, so what I'm doing here is uh, what should we call it? Um, sorry, I got some 
I got some sound popping in. I got to take care of that. So, so kind of here's what I'm at. And I've been referring to some of this. And, and feel free to hop in on the conversation. I mean, obviously, if you're watching this, it's too late. Oh, no, that's not true. You could just comment right down. Whoop, sorry. Wow, did you see that arm jiggle? Somebody's got to go to the gym. Oh, man, it's disgusting. Could I be any more gross? I mean, I know I could be more gross. So I'm just going to hide that. So if you want to go down to the comments. By the way, what is that on my hand? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I thought that was some weird mole, but that was the easiest mole removal ever. So if you want to go into the comments, you can comment on this, and I'll, I'll get to those comments. But if you want to join live right now, uh, it's you can hit the chat at 99WNRR.com, and you can help me uh, kind of like flesh out this opinion steering committee kind of thing, like brain trust assemble. Let's figure this out. So something I've been saying for a very long time is... Um, the kind of the way we are in this political divide, and again, this is going to be less political and more social, because it's, I'm finding like some interesting stuff dealing with people and labels and what they think things are and stuff like that, right? So, um, so I've been saying for a while now that one of the problems with the political divide right now are the extremes, both on the right, uh, right, left. Nope. My screen's reversed. So it'll be your right, my left. It doesn't matter. The right and left. Um, and I found that most people in both parties, people that I talk to rationally, uh, and, and I mean this with people that are not completely un... And I don't want to say unhinged, but like they're just so stuck in their beliefs that they're basically like, you know, trying to convert people. Like, people that just actually speak about issues without labels, those are the people I'm talking about. So when I speak to those people, I find that on both sides of the aisle, uh, people are very tired of the extremes. Um, they also have very character-like, characteristic representations of those extremes, right? So most people on the left consider, like, the Republican Party to be this sort of Trump-loaded uh, MAGA racist, uh, you know, xenophobic, homophobic, all this other stuff, because those are the people that are loudest, right? Uh, the people on the left, to, to people on the right, the people on the left are being represented, and I say this a lot, there's like a meme out there with some college chick looks somewhat androgynous, and she is just like, she's got Coke bottle glasses on, and you'll see her in like the, and she's like, it's always triggered is like always the word stuff like that so, uh but they that's what they think the left is right and you know for good reason those are our loudest people too those are the loudest people on the left because the reality is most people that are kind of just living their life don't have time to just shout at the rain right like and that's not that's not a failing right like when there's something wrong like i fully expect people to step up and and saturate the, the market with their cause like i supported Megan Rapino, when she did that for uh, pay equality in U.S. soccer, I definitely supported that uh, when the teachers were on strike, and I absolutely supported it with UPS and the rest of the Teamsters. They just avoided a huge nationwide uh, strike because they got what they asked for, which was not actually unreasonable because some of it was actually a little bit of pay, uh, pay parity for like part-time employees. Uh, but they also asked for, like, air conditioning in their trucks because if you've noticed, uh, we've had the hottest month in this in this summer in ever. So maybe it's a good idea that they get some air conditioning before they uh, drop dead from heat exhaustion, right? So they weren't asking for, like, boats and yachts and planes and stuff like that. They were asking for pretty simple stuff. Plus, obviously, with 
the rise of um, you know costs and, and corporate gouging and stuff like that, the cost of living has really gone up too. So they need some salary increases, and that's that's not unknowable. In fact, like one of the arguments that people were, were making is like, well, if we raise minimum, this is the Republicans, right? Conservatives. And this is not a bad thing. This is just a conservative ideology. They were saying, well, if we raise minimum wage, then all costs are going to go up. Yeah, that's true. If we raise minimum wage, the cost, labor costs and stuff go up. It's up to the companies whether or not they're going to pass that on to us as consumers. They don't have to do it. Most companies make a bundle on labor, especially lately, because they keep cutting benefits and stuff like that. So don't think that just the cost is what, you know, the raising minimum wage uh, makes everything more expensive. Because it's not just that. There's corporate greed in there, too. But also raising the minimum wage is important because if people can't su- support themselves on a minimum wage, then what kind of country are we living in, right? We all knew it was going to take a hit. We were going to take a hit in spending because it costs more money. And we also knew that companies like Amazon and Google and all that other stuff really weren't going to, like, take it out of their corporate profits because they have corporate profits that they need to report to the stock market. But it's not on labor. That's not labor's fault. It's Amazon's fault. It's Uber's fault. Like I was talking a couple weeks ago about how the controller from New York City basically just like pushed through a law for Uber drivers to have some basic minimum protections, including a wage, because Uber does. Uber drivers don't actually get paid all that much. Now, I hate the Uber model. I realize it performs a service. But I, the, the point I want to make is that Uber and Lyft immediately filed an injunction against that because they said they didn't want to pay their workers that much because it would cut into the corporate bottom line. What? Yeah, man. Like, you need to pay your workers to do work. Sorry, we don't do slavery anymore. Or we try not to. We said we weren't. I mean, the South is a bit iffy. But, like, yeah, man, it costs money to get people to do things. I don't know why this is so hard to understand. But I could talk about that for an hour, and I'm probably not going to do it right now. So my point is, um, I was talking about the extremes. So, right, so each side is now defining the party by, by its extremes. But in reality, most people... And this is like 60-something percent on the left and like 80-something percent. No, 80-something percent on the left and like 60-something percent on the right don't identify with those extremes. Now, you might think that that's a little odd because of the polling and the way that polling works, right? Like Donald Trump is still the leading Republican candidate uh, for for president on the Republican side. And as DeSantis keeps tanking and tanking and tanking, he's going to probably be out soon. But I would argue, as I said a couple weeks ago, the reason that is is because DeSantis is trying to run on the right of Donald Trump. And there is no right of Donald Trump because Donald Trump is defining what the right is right now. But you are starting to see some conservatives actually make some headway. They won't win, but they're going to make some headway going back to actual traditional conservative values. So... You're seeing that, and you're also seeing a problem on the left because, uh, like, I don't consider Biden to be an extremist, I mean, at at all, but apparently the right does because he's passing a lot of social programs, social programs including stuff like infrastructure and all that other, other stuff. But I will say... 
Biden just had something really big happen in his immigration policy because a court in California struck down his policy, his immigration policy, the one immigration policy that was keeping migrants from coming into this country because it said basically, like, if you showed up here illegally, it didn't really matter what your problem was. You're out until you can come in. And there's like a six-month waiting period. If you didn't try and apply for... Um, for amnesty in any of the countries that you came through, you're also out. Like, that's the rule. You want to come here and apply for amnesty, you have to apply to a country you passed through on the way, which is definitely going to, to at least be Mexico, and you have to come in through legal channels. If they catch you sneaking across the Rio Grande, you don't get to come in for amnesty. Now, a lot of people on the right don't even know that, but that's been the rule, and that's why the immigration thing has dropped so much since uh, they had entitled... Uh, 42, whatever the COVID thing, whatever the COVID rule was from the Trump era, it ended. The Supreme, the, the court said we couldn't keep it going, so it ended. Uh, but so, like, he's not that extreme, and people think that, like, oh, just let everybody in. Like, that's not Biden's policy at all, but it's defined by the very loud part of the left extreme uh, side that are just talking and saying, like, yeah, let everybody in. Like, listen. I'm a big believer in the fact that, you know, most Americans, like, are born here and won the goddamn lottery by being born here. And there are people trying to flee really dangerous circumstances. And that is exactly what we have, you know, migrants and amnesty and all that other stuff, because it, that's what a first world power does. We try and help the rest of the world. I've also said that if we had continued to put money into, like, Latin America and Central America, those places might be a little bit better off and maybe people wouldn't be fleeing them. But people are like, ah, we're going to spend our money at home. Well, now we're spending our money at home on immigrants that are coming in. So good job. That's all your fault. So maybe think about that next time you open your door. Anyway, cannot believe how much I talk without saying anything. Anyway, um... What I'm finding, uh, and this was really, really well done. If you don't watch uh, The Young Turks, check them out on YouTube or wherever you get your information. What I like about The Young Turks is that they are pretty much straight up the middle, right? They just, they, they, they call bullshit when they see it, which I love. Uh, and they really don't take a side. Um, I was watching uh, Anna talk about uh, this organized retail theft, which is becoming a big deal. And... She actually gets, like, real heavy and aggressive at the end of it because she's blaming Democrats for just, like, kind of, like, glossing over the fact that this is a real thing because it looks bad for Democrats. And apparently she's getting some static on the left because she's putting out news that's bad for Democrats. And she's like, I don't care. <laughs> Which is what I love. Like, you speak to the issues. It's something that I've always tried to do here. I speak to the, the specific issue that's at hand. And that brings me to what I was basically trying to say. So we, we live in a place now where, like in New York, for those of you who live in New York, and New Jersey, and maybe even Connecticut, where taxes are super, super high because we're funding a ton of social programs, right? None of us are opposed to helping people earn I can't speak for everybody. Most people in the center are not opposed to helping people out when they're down on their luck. It's super expensive to, to live here. Stuff like single moms with their, you know, trying to take care of their children and work and stuff like that. This is a big deal. And that's something that I'm super sensitive to because I had that. So we, we did not have a lot of those protections that we're offering now where kids can get free school lunches, kids can get free school breakfasts. Like this... 
This does not sound irrational to most people. Like, center left, center right. I told you, like, hey, man, we're going to take some of this money and we're going to make sure kids get a meal or two every day because sometimes it's the best meal they're going to get. I don't think most most Americans are going to be like, absolutely not, let them starve. Like, they should have, they should just go out and get a job. Like, it's not really how it works. You can't yell at fifth and sixth graders. You can say their parents should be more responsible, and that could be true, but we also don't know what their situation is. And if you're a Republican that is supporting all this anti-abortion nonsense and all this women care and family planning, you don't get to say that at all because you're the reason that most of these kids are even here. So I think if you're going to push that agenda, you need to shut up about feeding them, right? So I think that that's super important. I think we can all kind of agree on stuff like that. But then you get the extremists, like the extremists in the, in the Republican-held House that actually just went to cut money for free breakfast so they could get a 4% pay raise. What? <laughs> and I'm not saying it's just them, because I think Democrats, the extremes, would do it too. But, I mean, they would do it for, like, different reasons. I mean, extremists on the left are always like, let's just cut defense budgets, right? Okay. Well, if we cut defense budgets, then we are kind of in a defensive hole. We are now in a little game and a little gambit with China and Russia, and we're proxy war fighting in, U- in Ukraine, although Russia didn't get the memo about it being a proxy war, and they're fighting it themselves, and they're losing, which is why you fight a proxy war. Um, so there's a lot of reason we have money in defense, because we're actually not putting money into those social programs. Like, we're not funding the UN Population Fund so much anymore. We're not doing any of that kind of stuff. So now we get to put it into defense. So, like, when people are like, let's just cut the defensive budget. Like, we should look into the defense budget, right? But I'm not necessarily sure we can cut it. Much like I've never, ever been in favor of, you know, abolishing the, the police department. I think that is absolutely ridiculous. But does it need to get looked at? Yeah. You know why it needs to get looked at? Because the representative, Mali Caucus from Staten Island, who I cannot stand and is a, like, just livid Trump supporter was actually on TV saying how the MTA, it's just about the, the congestion pricing and the cash grab, cash grab from the MTA, but she's actually on TV saying that all this, like, you, we need to make the, the MTA and the subways and the trains and all this mass transit, we need to make it more safe because we're not making it safe. Well, you know who's not making it safe? Whose job is it to make it safe? I'm trying to think. Is there somebody in public safety who's responsible for making stuff safe? Yeah, the police department. The police department is not doing a good enough job. And the immediate pushback I'm going to get is bail reform and repeat offenders and all that other stuff. That has absolutely dick to do with safety on the MTA, all right? If we want to put money into it, then we put money into it. And we should just use those resources. But we don't need them for SWAT teams and tanks. We need them for actual bodies on trains. It's a super simple thing. I mean, like, what the hell, man? I haven't been commissioner at all, ever, and even I know that. I'm also not a Republican congresswoman, and I also know that. So if you're complaining about stuff that's being safe, that needs to be safer, like, make it safer. Who's responsible for that safety? The NYPD. Are they doing their job or not? They aren't doing their job. Well, let's make them do their job. But stop complaining about all these other things that it may or may not be, because it isn't. At the end of the day, it's their job to, to police the, the, the subway systems, and they aren't doing it. And if you go back to the COVID days and Black Lives Matter, like there were plenty in the police union that said, we're not going to go protect the subways because that's where black people and minorities and poor people are, and those are the people that are protesting against us. And if you don't think that's still going on, you really need to open your eyes and look around. The point is, 
There's a lot of stuff where we can kind of sort of agree on stuff. And if you say stuff rationally, you can actually get some agreement across the aisle. But as soon as you put that label on it, you're in a lot of trouble. I was just talking to somebody just the other day. He just told me flat out, like, you know, I'm a Republican. You know, uh, I just, you know, all this other stuff. And I was like, yeah, you know, I could be a Republican, too, if you would just stop commenting on the social issues. And he said, he said, well, everybody's putting their, you know, the government's putting way too much, uh, taking way too much charge of our personal existence. And I was like, yeah, like, you know, a woman's right to choose and gay marriage and banning books and gender. And he's like, oh, it's not what I meant. And I was like, well, that's what you said. So that's kind of what's happening. Like, you want government to back off you because you want to own as many guns as you want. You've got to let government back off you because you want to marry somebody that happens to be your same gender or you want to identify as whatever you want to identify as. Like, I have my own stance on, like, transgendered in sports, and I think it's scientifically based, and I don't need to go into it here. If you want to know, feel free to message me, or we'll talk about it another time. But I feel like there's some common sense stuff that we all kind of agree on. If we just remove that label, like left or right, liberal or conservative, you'll find, like, we're all super close. Like, we all want to work. We all want the opportunities that we want to have. We all want a pretty good idea and assessment of where our money is going, because I think a lot of it is just being spent on people that just want to have money like you know what i want to have money too but i can't get any of those things because i have to pay for my health insurance in new york because republicans said that universal health care was a bad idea it wasn't and it isn't and i feel like a lot of them are starting to learn that lesson because remember one of the best things that ever happened is when obamacare came out and it was called the affordable care act they went out on the street and they did man in the street interviews and they asked 20 people, what do you think about Obamacare? Every Republican was like, it sucks, it's awful, horrible. They ask another 20 Republicans, they ask, hey, what do you think about the Affordable Care Act? This is what it does. It sounds awesome to me because it's the label. It's the label that's the problem. And I think if we all stopped labeling each other and just listen to the ideas, we'd probably move a lot further along. And at the very least, maybe we'll get rid of the extremes, which is definitely something I want. Because, yo... I'm as vanilla as it gets. There is nothing extreme about any of this. Except that I host a radio show that people listen to sometimes. That's pretty extreme. Right on, dude.